What's the name of your podcast? Psychosis. Like, psychosis, because we're sisters. Welcome back to Psychosis. I'm Kimberly. And this is Mary. How is your 2024 going so far? It's going. It's going. Lost my voice, but you know, still here. Oh no. Starting the new year off with a bang. Yeah. How's your new year? It's going good. I'm like terrified that I'm going to blink though. And it's going to be... 2025 already my god why does 2025 sound like like I'm so old it sounds (laughs) so old it sounds just like yeah I don't know I'm basically 100 that's exactly how I feel about myself not you (laughs) well I mean if you feel that about yourself then you feel that about me too (laughs) touche touche all right so what case are we getting into this week Kimberly So this week, I am bringing you a missing persons case out of Calabasas. This is a more recent case, at least in the last couple of years, but it still is unsolved. And so we just want to get the word out there. I want to spread awareness. And please DM us with any missing person cases in California that you would like us to cover. I think we should start covering some missing people. I think we've done a lot of like murder cases recently, right? I thought of the same thing recently, so I'll definitely get on that. And sorry if I sound sound like I smoke a pack a day. I lost my voice. (laughs) All right, let's go. All right. Today, I will be talking about Elaine Park. Have you heard about this case, Mary? Mm, Calabasas? I don't think so. So Elaine Park was 20 years old at the time that she went missing on January 28th, 2017. Elaine was last seen wearing a white sweatshirt and denim shorts or possibly gray sweatpants. And it is noted that Elaine is classified as a critical missing person. I will get into why in just a little bit. But first, a little bit about Elaine. She was born on September 24th, 1996, so she is a Libra, and it is reported that she is known for her spunky, artistic personality. She was living with her mom, Susan, in La Crescenta, California, which is just north of Los Angeles. Her parents are divorced, so she would split time between the two, but resided with her mom mostly. She attended Crescenta Valley High School and had a large group of friends and peers who cared about her. She was a dancer and a cheerleader in high school, and after graduating high school, she attended Pierce College in Los Angeles, but at the time of her disappearance, she had actually recently dropped out of college and had lost her job where she was working at a restaurant. This happened around the same time, so she had just moved back in with her mom. Elaine was an aspiring actress. She loved poetry, art, musical theater, She actually landed some small roles in a variety of TV shows and movies such as Crazy Stupid Love, Role Models, ER, Mad TV, and Desperate Housewives. 
So she was landing some fun roles in and seemingly doing well in the world of acting. She thrived in the arts and put her heart into everything she did. She was also really into fashion and loved thinking of new and emerging trends and marketing strategies. She would share her passionate clothing ideas and branding ideas with her on-again, off-again boyfriend. I'm going to refer to him as D for this podcast. Before I get into the night she went missing, though, I do want to mention some important details leading up to her disappearance that I discovered while doing some research. About a year and a half before she went missing, Elaine attended a concert with a few friends in Santa Ana, California, featuring artists Father and Playboy Cardi, where she was invited backstage by one of the artist's touring managers. Her friends and her went backstage and her friends felt uncomfortable, so they decided that they wanted to leave. But Elaine decided she wanted to stay. And when she stayed back there, she consumed Xanax and alcohol and was very inebriated and believed that she was sexually assaulted by multiple men while backstage. She struggled to remember details and remained quiet, but this really affected her. About a year after the concert, she was also involved in a car accident where she sustained minor injuries. This caused fights between her and her mom regarding an insurance claim settlement. Her mom and her would have little arguments about money here and there, especially after she lost her job and she moved back into her mom's house. Around the same time, her father also made the final payments to her mom for child support, and it just seemed like tensions were pretty high in regard to not working, money, dropping out of school. But I do want to reiterate that Elaine was only 20, and although she was legally an adult, she was still pretty young. Could you imagine if mom or dad kicked us or got mad at us or kicked us out when we were 20? No, not at all. They I'm 31 and they begged me to move back. So complete opposite. I wouldn't survive out there at 20. Oh, no way. Definitely not. Especially in California. Are you kidding me? You can barely afford a shed. Sometime in mid to late December 2016, Elaine unfollows or blocks all of her childhood friends from her social accounts. So she was clearly going through a really hard time, having lost her job, dropping out of school, and just kind of being in this time of her life where she wasn't really sure what to do. She also starts to have thoughts about the night of the concert and the assault that had occurred. So she decided to reach out to the touring manager to ask him if he remembered anything from that night. And he stated, although he didn't recall a sexual assault happening, he wouldn't be surprised if it did. Oh my gosh. Not surprising, but like it's obviously happened before or something. If he's not surprised, like things have obviously gotten out of hand in the past. Yeah. I mean, as a touring manager, if that was you and somebody was coming to you asking about that, I feel like if it didn't happen before, you'd be shocked and almost want to like find answers and also make sure this never happens again. But it just seemed very nonchalant. I agree. Elaine was just looking for validation and answers because, again, her memory was groggy from that night, but she did not get any help by reaching out to him. On December 28th, 2016, she posts a thread of tweets regarding the sexual assault. And without naming anyone, she states they know damn well who they are, but wouldn't 
fight them or make it a legal matter. So this is when she kind of came forward about the sexual assault, making it public. On January 3rd, 2017, Elaine informed Dee that she needed time for herself. So Dee, I believe she met him in like August of 2016. So they didn't know each other for too long from what it seemed, but they were on and off again. And she sent him a text message on January 3rd, basically informing him that she just needed time for herself. I have a picture of the text message, so I'm going to read that to you right now. And I will also post it on social media. Elaine texts D, I love you enough to let you go and see you do good for yourself. I need this year to be really invested in myself right now. So I'm going to grind and spend time alone until I can get myself right. We can both improve and do better, you know? I appreciate everything you've done for me. You really taught me a lot about myself and showed me my value when nobody did. And I'm never going to forget that. I wish you knew how I see you through my eyes. My heart has a real special place for you. And he responded, fuck, dude, I can't lose you. You're all that I got right now. I didn't want to hear that. I'm fighting for you. That's not what I want. But if it's truly what you want, I can't control that. But I don't want this to happen this way. So that was a text message that she sent January 3rd, 2017. Side note, nothing to do with the case. Could you imagine if our text message conversations ever got released? No. I mean, like, wouldn't that be mortifying? Oh, just awful. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You can, um, I'll mention it a little bit later on, but you can Google image so many of this um, girl's conversations. They're just public. People like screenshotted them and posted Absolutely them. Absolutely not. Like I, oh my gosh. It's, it would be mortifying. Awful. This only lasted a couple weeks, though, because by January 27th, they made plans to meet up and hang out. Their plans were to watch a movie and spend the night together, really just trying to reignite their fling. I want to mention that Dee is the son of a successful Hollywood businessman, and he lived in a gated community in Calabasas, California. If you aren't familiar with Calabasas, it is Goals. It's where the Kardashians live. It's a very affluent area, home to a lot of businessmen, celebrities, doctors. It's one of those areas where if you live there, you know you've definitely made it in life. It's in the southwestern area of the San Fernando Valley, and it is situated among foothills. On the night of her disappearance, Elaine sent her mother a text message before leaving in an Uber with her boyfriend to go see a movie. This was around 10 p.m. January 27th, 2017. Elaine had borrowed $20 from her mom earlier in the day, and her mom wanted Elaine to pay her back by 6 p.m. that night, but she didn't, so her mom kept texting her about the money. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Elaine sent a text message promising her mom that she would pay her by the end of the night, and Susan, her mom, made her promise, but Elaine never sent the money that night. The two returned to Dee's home around 1 a.m. and went inside so she could stay the night. Security footage from his driveway confirms this timeline. So there's actually security footage that has been released to the public where you can see Elaine arrive to his house. Uh, You can see the two of them leave, get into the Uber, go to the movies, come back around one. You see all of this happen um, and it's all public. So if you want to look it up, you can. Around 4 a.m., 
Dee says that Elaine woke up in a panic. She was shaking and singing to herself, but not really talking, just singing. And Dee says that she was acting oddly, possibly having some sort of panic attack. He tried calming her down, tried to convince her to stay because she kept saying that she wanted to go. And around 6.05 a.m., she left his house. Oh, my God. I wonder what that was all about. What triggered that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Especially in the middle of the night. Right. And I do want to note that they were able to see that she had accessed social media. I believe it was like Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram around like three in the morning. So she was awake at least an hour before. But he said that she had waken up around four in this like frantic state. So if she did sleep, it wasn't for very long. D, like I said, did have security footage. And this confirms that Elaine did walk into her car, get into her car, and you see her drive off of his property. After her car drives away, the driveway cameras stop recording. The gated community also takes pictures of everybody's license plate who enters and leaves the community. This is just like a safety feature that they have. And it did show Elaine's car leaving the community. It saw it leave at 7.14 a.m. And Dee had said that she left his house around 6.05. But police believe that the camera had not updated with the time change, which means more than likely she left the community at 6.14 a.m. and not 7.14 a.m. At 6.28 a.m., Elaine begins sharing her location with D. So on iPhone, you can share locations with people. You could choose to share it indefinitely till the end of the day or just for an hour. I'm not sure how long Elaine chose to share her location with D, but she did start sharing her live location. And this just allows the person that you're sharing it with to be able to locate your exact location in live time. Do you share your location with people? I only share my location with, I think, like three friends and not even my, oh my God, I would hate for anybody to have my location. We are so opposite. I'm like, can you please not know where I'm at? No, I actually don't like it at all, but they share it with me. One was just because we did like a girl's trip and we just never stopped sharing the location, but I never look at their location. I honestly forget I even have it. I feel like it's definitely like an invasion of privacy. <laughs> like, I don't need to know where you are. No, exactly. <laughs> if I care, I'll ask. Exactly. So when D gets this text message, he doesn't like open it and look where she's at. I think he just ignored the message from as far as I could tell. At 7.13 a.m., her phone is using the Pandora music app. And by 8 a.m., her mom texts her about the money that she owes her. Gosh, not where are you? No. Where have you been? Where's my $20? Yeah, her her mom was $20. It's like four Starbucks coffees. Like I know. It's not anymore because inflation. But in that day, it was four Starbucks coffees. I know. Like her mom was on her. And I, I believe there are like... I actually, I know there are endless threads on Reddit about this. Her mom was trying to teach her a lesson about responsibility, but like, she's 20 years old. It's $20. Like, let's calm down a little bit. Let's make sure, you know, her night went okay (laughs) and she's safe, right? Oh my gosh. Okay. Continue. 
At 9.28, Pandora sends an automated message asking if she is still listening to music, gets no response from her back to the app. Between 10.15 and 10.18 a.m., D tries to call her three more times and is unsuccessful. Between 10.18 and almost 2 p.m., Susan, who is her mom, D, and one of Elaine's best friends all reach out to her again. At this point, they're not really like frantic and panicking, but she hasn't responded to anybody and she's not answering any of their calls or any of their text messages. And I believe some of the calls were even unsuccessful and they weren't even going through. I don't know if you said this, but did D see her leave or was he still sleeping? I'm actually not sure. That's a very good question. I don't know if he physically saw her leave. I think he just tried to like get her to stay because she was so frantic, but the cameras for sure picked up that she left his property. Did they, and it could pick up that it was just her leaving the property by herself? Yeah. I will send you the full video. Um, It's pretty clear footage. You just see that she walks to her car and she doesn't look like she's in a frantic state. She just walks out, gets into her car and drives off his property. And then I will state that the camera into the gated community does only capture the license plate. So there is no evidence, I guess, at that point, if it was her who drove in and out of the community. But for sure, the camera on his property captures her walking to her car. Okay. I will state that D was cooperative and he has been ruled out as a suspect, as well as all of her friends. For the next two days, she didn't answer her mother or her boyfriend's texts or calls. So her mom went to Glendale PD that night to report her missing, but they told her to wait, even though it was out of character for her daughter not to answer. They said Elaine was an adult. She had a right to go missing if she wanted to. She had a right to run off. But those who knew Elaine said it wasn't like her. I have a question. Mm -hmm. In the history of waiting, has it ever worked out? Right. (laughs) it's always wait 24 hours wait 40 the first 48 tv show was not made for no reason i know they literally have a show because of this like don't wait if it's better just to take it serious and it ended up being that she ran away or left on her own free will and how many times did that actually happen i feel like probably a very small percentage that they leave on their own free will Yeah, because usually if parents and friends are freaking out, it's with good reason if it's out of character for somebody to. If if it's not out of character, then why would you go to the police and look for her? Right. Like if this is something someone normally did, let's say run off or disappear or whatever for a few days, then why would you ever go to the police? It makes no sense. I I know. And. Also, if you ever are in this situation, which I hope you're not, don't let them tell you you have to wait 24 hours. It's not true. You can file it sooner, but they will probably try to make you wait longer. An official missing persons report was not made until Monday, January 30th. On February 5th, police decide to ping her phone and it pings in Malibu. So deputies go down to Malibu to look for her car. And they ended up finding her car adjacent to the beach on Pacific Coast Highway, which is basically a long road that runs parallel to most Southern California beaches. Her car was located in the 2600 block of Pacific Coast Highway, just south of Coral Canyon Road in Malibu, 
locally the area is known as Dark Canyon, and it's about a 45-minute drive away from her last known location at Dee's house in Calabasas. And it's also another really nice area, so I wouldn't think crime or anything bad happening in Malibu. Malibu is overall another really nice affluent area. Her car was found with all of her personal belongings still inside, including her backpack, laptop, keys, cell phone, and ID. The keys had been left in the ignition with the battery dead and the doors unlocked. Her car was in the on position, but in the electrical position, not completely turned on. So like right in that sweet mid spot. Police said it was found in a very odd state, but there was no sign of forced entry, no sign of a struggle. Elaine was not known to frequent the area much, so this was very out of character to find her car there. And they did a search of her car, both mechanically and forensically, but found no issues with it. Also, I believe, doing my research, that they returned all of her belongings to her family without having tested them forensically. Yes, they did, of course. course. (laughs) Wasn't this, didn't this happen in one of the other cases you did? Where they released the car back to the parents without, maybe I'm sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like there's always something that happens in these stories, whether the cameras weren't working or they didn't test things. There's always something. So when they found her car, this is when an intensive search of the area was conducted. Bloodhounds picked up no sense. Cadaver dogs picked up nothing in both the ocean side and the canyon side that run parallel to one another. They did ocean searches and searched for three days before suspending the search and found nothing. On March 2nd, her Facebook is logged into and all of her history is deleted. Stop it. I'm sorry. How long after? Like a little over a month. Her Facebook is logged into and all of her history is deleted. Well, we can track via IP where it was logged in, correct? I believe so. I mean, this was 2017. I think you could have done it then. Okay, but we didn't do it. I don't think we did. You guys. I didn't find anything stating we did. You know how um, I'm like a backseat driver all the time, but like y'all <laughs> got to really get it together. <laughs> no. I figure out how to, who logged into the Facebook account. <laughs> right. Just put two females on the detective work. We will have an entire... We will have an IP address in two minutes. Who the person dated. They're on yep. to, to New York in 2017. Oh, this yep. is the name of their dog when they were four. We got yeah. everything. We'll get it all. On March 10th, a massive search is done in Calabasas and uncovers nothing. On March 21st, the settlement from the car accident that she was in was finalized and a $5,000 check is awarded to Elaine. Not going to be pleased with that. No, that was my first thought too. Was like, I'm going to get my twenty dollars out of. I'm going to get my twenty dollars. Like that's all I care about. She got her five k. Give me twenty of that. Gosh, I know it's so like bad, but like that's seriously all I could think about. Forty five days later, another search is done at the park's residence and uncovers no major clues. Again, I do want to say that D and his family and Elaine's family have all been deemed not suspects. Police look into her past and her mom stated 
that Aline suffered from episodes of depression, which was triggered by their divorce a decade earlier, but was never suicidal or showed suicidal ideations. Police looked into this as well and stated that they found no evidence of wanting her to wanting to harm herself, but they do believe that suicide is the likely scenario. Her mom hired a private investigator and the private investigator believes opposite. He believes that she did not harm herself and he suspects foul play. The reason that he suspects foul play is because of the manner of which her car was located. I have a question. Yes. The car was found five days later. Mm-hmm. But was the car there for five days? Because if it was unlocked with everything in it. You're asking me great questions that I genuinely don't know. There might be answers to these questions on Google that I didn't come across. But I watched like a whole investigation discovery episode I on just feel like even though it's a very safe area things happen right so i don't know i just think having like a purse and your keys and your wallet and everything out at a beach when there's people around for five days nothing's gonna happen to your car i mean maybe she just got lucky that nobody did that but i thought the same thing because I don't know if it's just like it, this was not that long ago, but now like you can't even park your car somewhere without it getting broken into. And you can get gas at the gas station and step out of your car without someone jumping in. I know. So I thought the same thing. I was like, how did her car sit there for so long with all these belongings and nobody stole anything? And also there's no cameras, street cameras, cameras on houses nearby, seeing when she drove. You would think, you would think there are, I mean, there's a lot of restaurants that also line PCH. There are some areas where it's just empty and you just park and you go down to the beach, but you would think that a camera would capture something. But at some point when she went from point A to point B, she had to have driven past a camera. Yeah. Okay. Although they have zero suspects, they looked into the theory of maybe she wanted to just stop and get some fresh air, take a walk, or go on a hike. But she was 20, and they believe that if this was the case, that she would have taken her cell phone with her and not left everything in her car. Also, isn't it like 5 in the morning? It was like at this time around 7.30 in the morning. Oh, okay. I guess the hike isn't completely crazy, but still pretty dark out though, especially because this is like January. And so, oh yeah, they also believe that she was not a runaway because she had no means to be able to do that. And there was a half a million dollar reward for her, but that expired on her 21st birthday, which like confuses me because she was only 20. So like, why did it expire? Yeah, that seems – so what, nine months later? Yeah. Police say leads remain elusive. They actually never received any leads from the public, but they feel somebody knows something, and this case is still active. There are a lot of theories. I don't really want to bring up those theories because we don't really know what's true. We don't want to point fingers or blame anybody. But I will say if you go on Reddit, if you Google Elaine Park – 
Reddit, you will find endless blogs of people discussing this case and all of these theories surrounding her mom, Susan, surrounding Dee's relationship with her. I just want to try to stick to the facts for the podcast, but I feel like you can make your own guesses on what those probably are. I need to know who cleared her Facebook history and why. Yes. At the time of her disappearance, Elaine was 5'5", weighed 125 pounds, had waist-length brown hair with blonde tips, brown eyes. She is of Asian-Korean descent. She has a pierced nose and ears, several distinctive tattoos, including a dagger and flowers on her right arm, a rose on her left shoulder, a cow skull and moth on her left arm. If you have information regarding Elaine Park's case, please call 1-800-222-TIPS or go to lacrimestoppers.org. I have a lot of questions. I know. I feel like I have a lot more questions and answers. And unfortunately, there are not a ton of articles on this case. I, again, tried to stick to all of like the public information there is out there. There's a really good investigation discovery type of documentary on her case, which I will link in the show notes. And then there are a ton and ton of Reddit threads, which, yes, I want to go down the rabbit hole for. I've already gone down a few rabbit holes, but, you know, try to stick I to the facts. To know the IP address of the Facebook login. I want to know why the search history was deleted. I want to know how no cameras or like, don't you get like told for being on a highway? I mean, we get told for being on a highway out here. No. I need answers. I know. I I wish you luck tonight because I know you're going to. Oh, I'm not even going to open Reddit. <laughs> I'm just going to send you links. No, absolutely not. Because like my anxiety already flares up enough at night and I think about every single possible thing. And the last thing I need to go down is a rabbit hole. Absolutely not. Do not send me links tonight. Oh, no. Okay. I won't tonight. I'll send them tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, this is an unfortunately one of those cases where we just, you know, we don't have answers, which is why, obviously, it's unsolved. Therefore, we're not going to have a lot of answers and why we wanted to discuss it, put it out there. You should see my sister's face right now. She's just like flabbergasted, like having all these thoughts running through her mind. What's mom doing? What are you, Susan, what are you doing? Right Susan, now? what are you doing? Because I feel like if my kid was missing, I wouldn't still be looking for the $20. I'd be looking for my kid. Right? <laughs> I know. Like, if it's been five years since my kid disappeared, I don't know how I can't math. What's... I think it's been seven. Yeah, whatever. I can't math right now. But if my kid's been gone for seven years and not one, like just hint of a direction that it's going in like I would be losing my mind I'd be all over social media being like justice for my kid but Susan's over here like (laughs) where's my $20 at though $20 though yeah yeah okay whatever also I just opened a reddit thread and one of the comments is welcome to the rabbit hole it's cold and exhausting here but the company is pretty good so there are endless endless conversations on reddit about this case oh my god reddit's a cesspool I love it but I'm not ready to dive in tonight not tonight 
All right. Well, that is the case of Elaine Park. Thank you so much for listening and coming down this rabbit hole with us. I'm sorry I don't have a lot of answers to this case. It's just, you know, hopefully one day there are more answers. And if there are, we will update you. Please follow us on Instagram at psychosis underscore podcast. You can DM us there with the case you would like us to cover based in California or send us an email at the psychosis podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye.